Welcome to the Change One, Change All podcast. Get more out of life, love and work while finding balance through nature. Here's your hosts, Chris Walker and Troy Jones. G'day, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Change One, Change All. Chris Walker, how are you today, champ? Hello, Dr. Smile friend. I've come to talk with you again. Did anyone miss me last week? I don't know. Uh, we all missed you, Troy. We, we miss you every time you're not here. You did but- a beautiful job, though. Well done, mate. Thank you for doing that. It's just uh, I had a tech issue. I couldn't find the plug <laughs> that plugs into my laptop. And that was the enemy. I'm out. Well, but anyway, you know, nothing's ever missing. It just changes in form. And yeah, now I've got a new plug. And now you've got a new plug, and the form of Troy <laughs> has returned to the to the to the real one. Well, there you go. Hey, mate, I tell you what, I've I was here's um, something I've noticed. Mm. I've worked out. We've been doing this podcast for two years or mm. something like that, and we've gathered some beautiful followers. And, and I think after two years, I have finally worked out balance, mate. <laughs> I've worked it out. So let me tell you how. Yeah. I, as you know, we're in lockdown in Sydney. And in Bondi, I don't know if you've noticed um, the sort of restaurant bar type places that uh, now, you know, dot all over the Bondi area have started sort of uh, supplementing their income by selling cocktails and stuff out the front of their shops. Have you seen that? Yes. So, mate, I've worked out that at the exact same time, the jugs of margarita that are around me are both fucking terrific and the worst thing that ever could possibly happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were on a, everywhere. You, you were in an alcohol-free zone there for a little bit. Yeah, these margaritas have brought me undone, mate. Every corner, <laughs> champion. They're just big, massive jugs of margarita sitting there with a smiling person who looks sad out the front. So I'm helping people out and I'm buying margaritas, and they're terrific, but they're also awful. So this is your, which brings me to wait, which brings me to my second point. But, but, oh, now, mate, I've done some research in this last week. Yes, did you know? That in the original form of English, or like a, a form of English 400 years ago, that awful originally meant good, like full of awe. The same, so awful and awesome are both the same idea. No way. But awful became bad over time, and awesome became the good thing. The same with terrible and terrific, both coming from the word terror. What? And yet opposite sides of the same coin. I think that's really interesting. Well, but anyway, I'll, that's my two bits of things I've noticed. I'll be a monkey's uncle. Awful and awesome. Awful was originally really great. Oh. Mm. Which suits your thing altogether. It does. Oh, that's so good. I like it when mm. uh, discoveries like this are made. And, um, you know, it's good to share. Yeah. So this is a really awful podcast. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go so in the true as, sense of the word. I wouldn't go so far as to trust that everybody was listening to the first five minutes. Troy, <laughs> I think they skip past that usually. Yeah, <laughs> so we might have straight to the it, business. Might have to repeat the the, the promise that awesome, <laughs> awful means awesome, and awesome means awful, or something. I, and well, they both mean good, and and also margaritas are just a real challenge for me. <laughs> this is great. But anyway. Hey, mate, we're talking about, um, this is going to be good. It has to be good. The title of today's podcast could not possibly be anything other than pure awful. Hmm. The secret of life. This is a very lofty ambition. Well, 
do you want to give it a whirl? What are we talking about? Do you want to give it a whirl? Yeah, mate, I am. I'm, mate, I've got my pen ready. Okay. I'm ready to go. I've got my jug of margarita. I'm set. So watch this. Watch this, Trey. Tell me something that's missing in your life. Just pick something not too personal, but just pick something at random. What, like a physical thing? Anything. You mean? Anything. You, you could say... Well, $100,000 in the bank would be good. There you go. Beautiful. So that's missing. And now I'd like to introduce you to Life Secret. It's not. It's not missing? No. And until you appreciate the fact that you've already got it, you won't get it in the way that you want it. So this okay, is wait a second. Wait, hold on. the biggest mind-boggling process interruption to stress, depression, frustration, anger, disappointment, relationship breakdown, uh, overwork, overwhelm, over-enthusiasm, over-thing, awfulness, awesomeness. It's the biggest mm-hmm. disruption, I think. It's the biggest disruption to the paradigm of... Uh, I want and I need and I haven't got like the world could ever or the listener to this podcast could ever, ever comprehend. And therefore, I think it's life secret. You need to explain it to me. So I have got $100,000 in the bank. Yeah, just watch. Nothing's ever missing, just changes form. So the question will be, what form is your hundred grand in that you're not acknowledging? Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I can see that. I spend a lot of time with my kids. So maybe if I valued one of the kids at a hundred grand, you would say, how dare you? They're, Mm -hmm. They're worth a lot more than that. Absolutely, yep. But the way we pursue what's missing is we set a goal, we start manifesting something out of the presumption that it's absent in our life. Now, the presumption that something's absent in our life is is another word for ingratitude. If you take the word ingratitude and weave it into the science of the human DNA, you will find everything we're not thankful for kills us. So depletion of the human immune system, the human psyche, uh, depression, uh, mental health problems, relationship breakdown, uh, work fatigue, exhaustion, uh, car accident, you name it, comes out of ingratitude. We know that generically the world has, with Oprah and all the gang, started to have some fringe awareness of the power of gratitude in changing the happiness of it you can't be what is that what do they say you can't be ungrateful and happy at the same time mm. so you can't be grateful and unhappy at the same time it's impossible so even at an emotional conversation which we're not having but let's say we were dealing at an emotional level presuming you haven't got something i.e a hundred grand and then going out in pursuit of it is it sets a goal and does everything right. 
There's a book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. I love this book, and this book's about manifestation, but the presumption of the entire book is the more you have not got something, the more entitled you are to bust your ass and bust other people's ass in getting it. Mm. Hence, it builds the future on ingratitude. That's the equivalent to building a house on the, on the, on the lake without floats. <laughs> the bigger you build the house, the more likely it is to sink. Mm. And gratitude is funny, isn't it? Because for me, at least, it's, the, it's probably the first thing to go. As soon as I've got any kind of stress or goal or ambition or something to do or some job in front of me or whatever, I immediately forget gratitude. Of course. And look, if you let's take religion. What's religion say? Uh, get rid of your sin in gratitude, become good. Get rid of evil, become good. So it's ungrateful for something in order to be grateful for something else. If you take business and you take the concept of motivation, I'm motivated to get something which uh, has at its underpinning, uh, underlying presumption, the lack of it. Uh, it. Weight loss. I don't like what I've got and I do want to change it. Therefore, I'm ungrateful for what I've already got. That sits as an underlying um, groundswell or unconscious thought of ungrateful. Yeah, it sucks, it's broken, it's yeah. no good, it's ugly, it's... Of ungratitude, ingratitude, to build something that you're going to be thankful for. <laughs> Which means mm. when you get thankful for the... Th let's say you lose weight, you'll always be unthankful for, for the weight. Therefore, you'll meet somebody and go, I can help you lose weight. Which means you'll be unthankful for their weight too which means they get unthankful for their weight, which means it spreads like a virus and becomes a weight loss program. Like the code of the extraordinary mind becomes a program, it's, it, the company's called Mind Valley. And look, I, I read the book and I, I loved it. It, 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 it. it had some great thing in it. But the foundation principle of it is an underlying secretly held ingratitude for poverty. Mm, yeah, I get that. And a guy who built the company hates poverty, hates it. So he builds a positive on a negative and says, uh, uh, go do the positive that the negative won't follow you. It's, it's like running away from something but having it tied to your back. I, I would even go so far as to suggest it's running away from something that's elastic that will suck you back if you let go of what you're running away from. So you end up being this highly disciplined, highly tuned, highly focused, highly intelligent, highly zoned in, highly thing, running towards something with, you know, just about to get to your $100,000 and you just forget for a night and you have one too many margaritas and you're back to zero. Yeah, that's really me. That's very much me. Mm. So... The secret that I want to share today, and I think it is the life secret, is that the, the, I don't know how to speak it in uh, Aussie uh, blokey language like I normally do. So I'm going to talk a little bit in my mythical language. So pl please bring me down to earth, Troy, if yeah, I get off, I off on my high horse. Mm. But the universe gives you what you need in the form you need it. And, and it gives you uh, the ability to pursue your ego uh, and get 
get what you've got in a different form. Only when you can appreciate what you've got in the form that you have it. So it's like saying uh, we're, we're really abundant. Uh, you, in fact, I would go so far, Troy, as to say you're a billionaire. You've got a beautiful heart. You've got a beautiful uh, body. You've got a beautiful couple of kids. You've got a beautiful way of presenting yourself. And, and then you say, but I want $100,000. And I go, yeah, geez, yeah. mate, uh, I want you to have $100,000 too. But I've got this feeling. This is what my feeling would be if someone came to me and said, I want $100,000. I would say, do you really think you're worth it? And they'd mm. say, oh, bloody oath, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, I'm really yeah. worth it. I'm really worth it. Don't you tell me what I'm worth. Yeah, and, and, 20 times that. Yeah. And I'd say, well... To really feel that you're worth the hundred grand or the million or the 20 million or whatever you've written on a sheet of paper, you have to virtually say, I've already worth it. I've already got it. I can't be worth more than I already am. That's a really, there's a quote that goes, uh, human beings are really funny because they're born spiritual uh, and they spend their whole life chasing spirituality but really they're born spiritual to chase being human <laughs> and the idea is that this this uh, this sense of uh nothing is ever missing in our life i'll give you another example okay um let's say somebody said to me in a coaching session they said i have a cold unemotional sexless relationship mm-hmm. mm. And I want you to do something about that, Chris. And I'd go, well... <laughs> you got a shit job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's an easy job. I've only got a, is it? Yeah, it really is. It's, my job's the easiest job in the world. People make it hard for me, but it, <laughs> I, I can see what they need to do. It's just getting it across the table. That's the hard part. Okay. So All right. I would say to them, well, there is no such thing as a cold, unloving, sexless marriage. There's no such thing. There may be a marriage in which you're not getting the emotion uh, feedback you want. There may be a marriage in which you're not getting the physical sex you want. And there may be a marriage in which you're not getting the uh, positive vibes you want. But the opposite, as you said before, the balance is there. What form is your intimacy coming in your relationship? What form is the warmth being given to you in your relationship? And what form is the, uh, the positive feedback or the, the, the kindness being generated for you in the relationship. And people will refuse, bl- uh, point blank, to reframe and go, well, actually, we've got some kids and uh, my partner does um, clean their undies and wash their shirts and get them off to school and make their lunches every second day and I do it every other day. And, and you go, yeah. So there's some form of intimate connection between you and your partner in caring about something. It's just not each other. And and they go, oh, I don't want to admit it. I'd rather stay angry, please. I can absolutely see that. I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got people in my life that have that situation and that, that, the, that, that partnership, that, that marriage is awful. To look at mm. and I think the main thing that they do is cling to it the cling to the awfulness of it as 
part of this, you know, the, the warrior, you know, I'm a tough guy and I can look at how r- rough my life is. I, I, I think, yeah, look, I, I'd love to say that that was um, the clinging was that. I think it's, um, it's more that uh, we think, our, ex, we, we think our, our watch on our wrist tells the right time. And we think that our expectation of our partner is the way to cause it's to it, it's the way to to change another human being is to expect uh, that they will adapt to our expectations. So I think what is more likely that where people go, it's not warrior stuff. I think it's more likely that people think that the more the longer they hold on to an expectation the more likely it is their partner will comply with it yeah that makes sense as well and people become as we treat them so if you've got if i have an expectation troy that you talk dutch and i just sit there going troy you're not talking (laughs) dutch why aren't you talking dutch troy troy if you talk dutch i'd like you more troy how come you're not talking dutch this is crazy. And I've been going on for a month now and I've been telling you to talk Dutch. Why don't you talk Dutch, Troy? Hmm. I'm treating you like a stupid. I'm treating you like someone who doesn't meet my standards and you will eventually become a person who doesn't meet my standards. You will eventually uh, stoic up to protect yourself. So you, you'll eventually go, Chris, uh, you can stick your Dutch up your nose and <laughs> you'll, you'll start... You go from neutral to to defence, and that's yeah. they're the marriages we see is when people go from neutral to defence because the one of the two people, usually the person who's complaining the most that their partner doesn't do this and doesn't do that and doesn't do this and doesn't do that and doesn't do that, refuses to question their expectation of their partner. So, yeah. what is a partner? If you go into the concept of it, if if a partner's cold. Are they being worse to you than you're being to yourself? Well, the answer is uh, the, the, the expectation that someone is going to be warm to us is built on the presumption that if I feel cold, you should, Troy, warm me up. Warm me up. Mm. Unfortunately, the universe loves people, and this is where you've got to catch me in my language again, but the universe mm. loves the human condition enough not to let it stay unevolved to the extent that it would depend on another human being to warm them. It will take your expectations of your partner, stick them up on the wall. You might as well take a, <laughs> a pin board, stick it up on the wall and say, these are my expectation of a relationship. This I expect this person to be attracted to me, I expect this person to be warm to me, I expect this person to be loving to me, I expect this person to be interested in me. I expect You may as well take it, pin it up and say, they're all the things I'm going to complain that I'm not getting within a very short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. For reference sake, yeah, for re- just, there's the summary. There's the summary of it. And the universe is going to say, oh, oh cool. So they're all the things that you want from somebody, you depend on from somebody else. I tell you what I'm going to do. I might just shrivel those things down and down and down until you learn that the source of those things is you give it to yourself from which another person feels enabled or uh, allowed or uh, uh, enthusiastic about giving them to you. So the idea here to bring it back to the topic is that we need to... So that pinboard on the wall with all the shit things that I, I want this other person to give me, 
I have to recognize that I already have them. Yes. You, you recognize that the form your partner gives you something in may not be the form you want it in, but it's in the form you need it in. And it's, it's really important. For example, mm. uh, cold. Let's say cold. You walk in the front door and your partner's, I don't know, doing, working on the laptop. Yep. And you walk in the front door and go, hey, honey, I'm home. Yoo-hoo. And they go, yeah, big deal. <laughs> typey, 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 yep. typey, 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 typey. And you go, and guess what? Typey, 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 typey. <laughs> uh, you go, I'm really happy because, you know, I listened to the Troy and Chris podcast today and, oh, wow. Typey, typey. Troy made a great joke about uh, margaritas. Yeah. Made me happy. Typey, 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 typey. And guess what, honey? I bought him two margaritas because uh, um, Troy made me think of it at, uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning and I can't stop thinking about it. Here's two. <laughs> <laughs> and I, in fact, I bought a jug. And uh, typey, 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 typey. And you go, you're a very, very cold person. You, you say it like that. And you go, yeah. where is the warmth? Hmm. Mm. If nothing's ever missing, it just changes in form. Your partner's giving you warmth. But it's not in the way that you want it. So how is the question becomes, how is typey, 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 ignore me, ignore me, ignore me, a sense of warmth? Yeah. Mm. Well, sometimes you have to go exploring and you go, well, they're not telling me not to be me. Mm -hmm. So in one way, they're accepting that I'm all wound up from work, but they're not necessarily engaged by it and uh, how else are they being warm well maybe I could look at what they did else during the day that has made the coming in and the front door more mm. beautiful and then mm -hmm. I could maybe think of what's going through their thoughts about me that yep they don't meet my expectation because they don't jump up and down like a jack-in-a-box and they don't jump up and down and tell me how amazing i am and they don't jump and down jump up and down responding however there is a communication of warmth in a form that i'm not that is not what i want but it but it maybe it is what i need maybe it's just the calm hmm. maybe it's just the the, 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 the disconnection from my emotions, maybe them not being connected to me emotionally is what I need right now. And that, if I'm getting what I need, is an act of love. Because maybe getting what I need is more important than getting what I want. And I suppose what it does is, it, 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 at the very least, even just that exercise... It stops that sort of judgment and like it's that person's fault and, and sort mm -hmm. of hang on, goes, hang on, what do I need? What do I get? You know, and turns it into an idea of looking for gratitude in, in even that, which must be healthy. I, I would have thought. And, but I, I think sometimes we operate in a, in a, in a bubble and we say, I, I expect you to send me a text during the day and they don't. And you go, you're not very romantic because you didn't send me a text during the day. And you could, yep. you could also sit there and say, I didn't get a text because I expected a text. Did I text myself, number one? Did I give myself a little bit of a hug during the process of the day and remind myself? No, I didn't. Okay, so, I, so now I'm um, 
attached to somebody else giving me what I need to give myself. So maybe there's an act of, of, of warmth in, in the detachment they have by not sending me the text, I'm confronted by my own bullshit. I'm confronted by my own lack of self-care and own lack of self-acknowledgement uh, and my own interest in myself. It's like loneliness. We, we often pursue a relationship to re- replace or fill up or get away from the discomfort of loneliness. <laughs> but that's quite funny because if we're lonely when we're by ourselves, something's really, really wrong. And if that person attaches to us and replaces our, willing, our ability to learn how to be, enjoy being with ourselves, our best friend is ourself. If we can't enjoy that, how in the hell is someone else meant to? <laughs> I suppose the other thing that's interesting to me thinking about this as you're talking, I'm absorbing it, but also looking out the window that I've got and... I was thinking a bit about that podcast we did a few weeks ago where you were talking about walking up the hill and sort of seeing, uh, yeah, seeing the the, uh, the the motivation in getting that extra step up the, this mountain was sort of um, recognizing the sort of the beauty and the leaf or the, you know, the ant that was walking mm. past or whatever it was. And maybe that's part of it too, isn't it? That like you become so hyper-focused on what this other person isn't giving you that you're forgetting the world around you. And I'm sitting now looking at the window as you're talking, looking out at the, um, you know, as we as we speak, it's sort of middle of August kind of time. And we and the, the, the shoots of the green leaves are coming back from the sort of wintry trees and stuff. And the sun's just poked out from the, the clouds. And I was sitting as you were thinking of talking about this kind of, you know, this is quite aggressive thought at the other person who's not giving you the warmth that you want when you walk through the door. And I've been both of those people. I've been the person walk through the door bubbly looking for reaction out of us. I've been the guy typing on the laptop yep. and not giving the warmth out. Mm. But also forgetting like how much the universe is smiling at us as well and giving us the warmth literally and figuratively as well. And in all these, the, the shoots on the trees and the sun and the clouds and the, the birds flying past and all that nature stuff. Also tapping us, punching us in the face, saying, hey, here's warmth. Well, you've nailed it, and you've nailed it in a really beautiful um, um, pa- paradigm, and that, that is that uh, every single thing that happens in nature has a purpose. Hmm. Depression, the breaking down of the ego. Sadness the withdrawal into gratitude for self. Pain or stress, the recognition that our process has, uh, isn't keeping pace with the work or the, th- the, the things that we're dealing with. So everything, every single thing that transpires in nature has a purpose and that purpose is uh, a loving purpose. It's, it's a purpose to evolve us. And if we don't, you know, somebody said to me something the other day about satisfaction. I said, they said, look, I'd rather just be satisfied. I don't want to have an area of my life where I have, where I want what I haven't got. And I said, well, you know, I can understand you want satisfaction in all areas of life and you want to fall asleep and have that contentment. I said, but just imagine one tree in the whole planet, the leaf on the very top, which is the guiding, which is the dominant leaf of the whole infrastructure of this massive big tree. One leaf at the very top says, ah, fuck it. 
I've had enough of this chasing sun. I'm, you know what? I'm, forget about it. I just want to cruise. The whole tree die. Mm. The whole tree will die. Anything that doesn't fulfill its purpose in life dies. And so nature loves us enough to say, come on. It doesn't give us what we want until we appreciate what we've got. And, and appreciating what we've got sometimes requires us to grow through our resistances and our wounds and our histories and go, oh, shit, well, I'm, I, am, I have got $100,000 or I have got a beautiful, loving relationship. It's just not in the form that I wanted it in. So when people talk to me, Troy, about uh, that, you know, I quite often uh, the trigger for people to come for coaching is they're in the wrong job. And that's, yeah. that's, that's an awful feeling to get up every morning and go, oh, God, I've got that dickhead of a boss. I've got a dickhead of a company and they don't pay me enough. And I still have to go to the whole process of sitting in front of my um, uh, desk at home with all the family that love me and care for me all around me and do stuff that really gives me the shits. And I, it's, it's a tough gig. And they say, Chris, I, I, what a, you know, I'm coming to you for coaching because I'm really struggling with the stress and the duress and I, it's affecting my family because I'm in the wrong job. And I said, I always say this, love it before you leave it. If you don't love the job you've got, if you don't appreciate the form of what you've got as being absolutely perfect, Wherever you go, you will discover all the things you haven't got, haven't loved in this job, in the next job. So it's really just a waste of time transporting yourself out of this relationship into another one or out of this job into another one if you don't do the homework that you've got already on the table because it's just going to come with you. And you've just lost 12 months or whatever it is you've just wasted, waiting for it to come back. Yeah, you, and it, not only, uh, yes, and not only wasted 12 months, but disappointed yourself in, your, in that you've, you've put a big effort into moving and you've put a lot of heart and soul into being interviewed and you've done this, you know, resumes and you've, you've, you've got, you built up all this beautiful hope about a transition into a better uh, environment. And it turns out after a relatively short period of time to be same old, same old, Groundhog Day. And you know what? That's where, again, we've done so many of these podcasts or we've done quite a few of these podcasts now that some of this stuff starts to make sense to me. I'm that <laughs> thick skulled in some way. But like that, that idea of, again, probably some podcast about 10 weeks ago, we were talking about graduating to the next level, like missing that opportunity to step up to the next level. And I think I think that's where a lot of our listeners are. A lot of the people that I speak to that listen to our podcast talk about that because a lot of the things, when you walk in the door and the person's tapping away on their laptop and you do have the choice there and probably the very well-worn neurological pathway of being disappointed or, or going, this guy sucks or whatever, yeah. um, rather than taking the other Chris Walker, change one, change all kind of approach to go, right. the obvious pathway here is to crack the shits with this guy who's sitting tapping on the, the laptop or, or watching TV or whatever it is. But there is an opportunity here to take a different path and think about this differently and maybe in doing so, graduate to the next level. That's exactly right. And I think that's the thing is where we can't, so often I'm listening to your stuff and I resist it. Like I sit and listen, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not fair. That's not what, you know, that oh, I wouldn't do that or, you know, whatever. But you don't have to do it. You can choose the same path. You can choose the next job. You can do the cycle and end up not learning anything. But you go along and end up in the same spot as you always were. 
at- you're presenting an opportunity to take a step up, move out of that and get past it and see what's on the next rung up the ladder. It's, 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 it, it, it's such a beautiful truth. It, you know, if somebody doesn't meet your expectations, it's your expectations that are at fault, not them. And it goes, yeah, and, and, and Troy, it translates into, and the part of it, this that I really struggle with um, remaining neutral, which I must do always, unjudgmental in my coaching, the part of this that I struggle with is parenting, where the expectation of the parent, of the child, starts to ruffle the self-respect of the child because the parent's saying, if you don't give me compliance in this form and this form and this form, and if you don't give me results in this form and this form and this form, I will be not happy, which translate to I will withdraw some love from you. I mean, once upon a time when I was a kid, my father would whip my ass with a, with a leather belt, and, but he never withdrew Jeez. his love, not once. Not one second of my father's brutal, callous, violent, interaction with me when I didn't obey him was withdrawal of love. He, he beat me with love. It's, it's a funny thing. I'm not advocating um, um, hitting kids. I'm not saying that at all. But, no, but, I understand. But what I'm saying it's an interesting, is I mean, it's an interesting where we can withdraw love as a punishment. Well, that's so I've done a lot of reading lately in this parenting space around a very popular thing in the last 10 years. Certainly, it's been a part of, you know, the the thinking in my parenting journey was the time out. Mm. You know, the, the little Charlie's being a bit of a dickhead. So, hey, mate, you go time out. I'm, I'm shutting it down. You go and sit in the corner and look at the wall for 10 minutes as a removal of yeah. love. As a, as a removal of, hey, let's talk about it. Let's work through it. What's going on here? Literally, sh- shut up. Go sit over there and look at the wall for 20 minutes until you work out what's going on. In some ways, it's good to chill it out and reduce the stress and whatever's going on. But in other ways, it can be seen. And some of the stats around the psychological impact of it is showing that these kids are learning that when things get difficult, remove yourself from it. Mm. Put the other partner in the corner. And, and, and think about it, Troy. Who should, when a parent's pissed off with a kid not doing what they want, who should be sitting in the corner staring at the wall? Yeah. The parent. Well, this, mate, that's what I see in, in the hitting the kid in the ass with a freaking strap. Who lost control there? Yeah, yeah, no, it's no, no. It's your dad, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. Your dad's hitting you. He lost his temper. But he ne- that's what but, happened. But, he, but I never perceived, not once, not once, I never perceived it as withdrawal of love. I perceived it as... A brutal way of enforcing discipline and it was very uh what's the word for it um you know uh, uh martial arts or very physical mm. f- physicalized i'm not advocating that but i no, but I, I think when you start playing with a child's emotions and you're saying if you do that i will do this and if you do this i will do that it's it's okay when they start to get in their teens because they understand the love is constant but the give and take might be a variable, you know, Pavlovian manipulation and lots of stuff. But there's a there's a, a point. There is there can be a point where that coming and going of the parent and the warmth and the cold of the parent can be perceived as being worthy and not worthy of love, and that is mm. a wound. And that wound plays itself out for the rest of the child's life as an adult. Because they go, I'm seeking to be worthy of love by, by doing X, Y, Z. And I'm making sure I don't get unworthy of love by avoiding doing X, Y, Z. So then they and find... And the point that- there, the, 
Yeah. The point there, though, as well, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. is, is the idea that um, it, it more, might well be the expectation of the parent that's the problem in the first place. Well, it is the Which brings us back to the original point. The, you know, the first thing, our expectation, it, it, when we see somebody not doing what we want, we have to... We have to go back inside ourselves. Where are they actually doing what we want, in not, but not the way we want it done? That's interesting, yeah. Okay. From that point, we can say, okay, I can see what you're doing. It's, I can see that it's, um, it's not what I expected. But firstly, I want to acknowledge what you're doing as being worthy of love. It's so saying, mm. it's, it's like the person typing on the keyboard. It doesn't mean you can't walk in the door and say, hey, honey, can you cut me a couple of minutes here? I really want to connect with you. But you don't say it, oh, look at you, all cold and horrible, dark, ugly person yeah. who doesn't meet my expectation. You, you, mm. you own it first and you, you bring it back and you say, this person is doing uh, it's just not the way I want it, and you, you, so you feel warm and gratif- grateful, and you feel uh, thankful for that. Then you could say, in a in a moment of calm, is it possible? So it starts in a good place, not from a place of judgment or a place of blame or a place of victim or broken expectation. It starts from a loving place, and therefore, if you treat people. People become the way that you treat them. If you treat people in a loving way, they become more loving. And I suppose is the idea when you walk in the front door and the guy and the, the your partner is type tapping away on the laptop or whatever they're doing, mm. and you can't for the freaking life of your work out how it is that it is giving you that love or that warmth or whatever that you're after. Is it okay to just assume it? That's called faith. I can't. I can't work it out. Yep. But he must be. That's called faith. So therefore, Fa- he is. That's called faith, and I'm a great believer in faith. Faith is the bridge between a shitty situation and 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 finding the true truth of a situation. In the middle, you've got to have faith because let's let's just say you do walk in the door and it's an instantaneous, as you said before, the, the feeling of not getting what you want is just snap. Your fingers are snapped. You yep. walk and you go, "Hi, honey," yep. and they don't look, and you go, "Oh." Mm. And you, uh, you need you. And you, yeah. sometimes really what would be best is walk out the door, go down the street, walk back out the door, go down the street a long way and go, okay, now, what would happen if I walk in and my partner doesn't look up from typing in the computer? Well, the benefit of that would be blah, blah, blah. Then you walk back home. But sometimes you walk in the door and the dog's got you and the kids can hear yeah. you and bang, you know, you, 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 a little bit, you can't walk out the door and walk away and think about it. You, you've got to think. And so I think that's the use of faith. Where you go? Yeah, mm, I like that idea. Mm. But then therein for me is that idea of like it's there. The universe is given to me. Whether I'm smart enough to work it out in this particular situation yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. I may not be smart enough. Yeah, <laughs> but it's happening. Yeah, there it is. So accept it. That's this is called the love of nature, and and I think if the in the old books and it's not not true anymore. But the old books they used to talk about always talk about farmers because. Uh, in the old days, where, where the farmer did most of the work by physical interaction with the soil and trees, they didn't have big machines or staff and things like that. The, the farmer's awareness of all these types of things, yeah, you don't get it the way you want it, but what's good about that? Because they've got to use nature or work with nature to, to develop mm. something. And so mm. I think what... I think the beauty of of studying what 
those farmers once knew, uh, the beauty of studying the laws of nature, about balance and about evolution, is that you, you've got the, 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 the toolkit to be able to analyse walking in the front door and going, oh shit, my expectations aren't being met, now what do I do? Instead of knee-jerk and go, you bastard or you person, um, you know, how cold are you? you I've got a cold marriage. I, I, maybe I need to get a new marriage or a new relation. And then you go uh, and transport yourself to another place five years down the track and make a mess of things and go, oh, maybe I could have seen the situation differently. Hmm. Mate, this has been good today. I think I'm going to have to have another listen <laughs> to probably catch up with myself and you on this because I think it's nuanced huh. and... Uh, delicate, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to have another listen, but uh, mate, I've enjoyed that today. I think it certainly tweaked a few things for me to work out exactly. I think that idea for me a little bit is to sort of stop and, and think, how am I getting what I'm after, but in a different form? That's a really interesting question that makes you think and re- reassess rather than, and even if to go one step further and go, I know it's there. I've just got to find it, get creative about how it's there would be a really helpful process. So look, I really appreciate that today. Thanks, mate. It's, um, that is a really interesting idea. I, 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 and just to close it out uh, from my side mm. of this thing, I think the aspiration, I think the aspiration we, 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 we want to have in these situations is to believe that it's a beautiful world. Yeah. Is yeah. to believe that it's a beautiful world, that, that, that nature, the universe... That, that love is, is, is its purpose and its intent and that w- we're not separate from love or the purpose of nature and it's all not a grind to make other people do what we want and if we don't get what we want, it's not a, a signal that we've screwed up. It's, it is a beautiful world and, and enabling our mind to flex and adapt and move and shift to keep that perception no matter what happens, that is the secret of life. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, so that the, the absence of that is my narrow-mindedness or something. I'm not able to see it. It's still there. Mm. But if I'm too rigid and too stuck and too focused or too angry or whatever, mm. I'm not. it's not that it's gone, it's that I've lost track of it. Yeah. And there's your point, that it's always there. I love it. I'm writing that down. Wouldn't fit on a bumper sticker, but it's a good one. <laughs> mate oh look good I'm definitely going to listen to this one again hey um, change one change allers if you enjoyed that um, let us know send us a message I got some great feedback last week on uh, on the Chris um, on the Chris Solo which was great um, and I am glad to be back so if you enjoyed it please tell your friends share it get it on Facebook or Instagram or Wherever you do your social networking stuff, share, but also leave us a five-star review if you haven't done so. Click the five stars or um, uh, let us know. And if you've got any questions you want us to talk about next time, we're all ears as always. But Chris, you've been terrific today. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Champion, mate. All right. Good stuff. We'll we'll see you next time on Change One, Change All. And thanks for joining us. Bye for now.